everybody and welcome to a podcast with Jordan Haas. I'm your host Jordan Haas. It is midnight on a Thursday, so I'm very tired, but also it's the only chance I have to record a podcast and there's been a lot of stuff that happened in the last week and I wanted to talk about it real quick. Uh, a friend of mine named Jordan gave me a little invite to a certain app called Blue Sky and now I am on the Blue Sky that's right, your buddy Jordan is finally on a much better app. So <clears throat> so I am Jordan Haas, not Jordha. Jordan Haas.bsky.social on the blue sky. I have been playing with it for a few days now, and I will say uh, it is a much better Twitter. Uh, much better than Mastodon, even. <laughs> like, I'm actually kind of surprised how simplistic it is how easy it is to use how easy it is to find people how easy it is to see a timeline that isn't just ads every so often it really is like a really good app i don't know how it's going to make money obviously this early on but currently given the timeline and how ease of access it is it is probably a social media killer to twitter I'm just, the only thing that I'm worried about is once it goes public and you get a lot of weird people showing up and the moderation aspect needs to be in place. But in its current form, it's great. I, I don't have any invite codes yet. And once I do, I'm going to first hand it over to my group chat and then uh, hand it to a few other people and we'll see how we can get some more people into Blue Sky. Because uh, I'm currently a, a plus one on this one. This is... This is a thumbs up kind of service. So hey, if you have Blue Sky, uh, say hi to me. I, I'm there. That's it's actually pretty good news. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do yet on Blue Sky. However, I will retire the goodnight hamburger bit that I've been doing on Twitter. Uh, for those who are out of the loop, or maybe this is your first episode, don't know who the fuck I am. Uh, every day on Twitter before I go to bed, I post a hamburger with the caption "Goodnight Hamburger," and then just go to sleep. Um, what I'm thinking of is just every day review something like a movie, a TV show, uh, something that happened that day, and just have fun with it. Uh, so, so hopefully that ends up being fun. Like 365 reviews a day. Whoa. Um. <clears throat> But we'll see how that goes. And plus, I might re-review things, <laughs> given how repetitive this atmosphere could be. Um, but yeah, that's essentially my thoughts on Blue Sky. It's really good. Like, it could be a killer, if, if done correctly. Uh, that being said, I still don't... I mean, Jack Dorsey's kind of weird. He kind of wants Kennedy to be a president, which... Uh, no, no... They're all kind of weirdos in their own mind, but Elon Musk is still very stupid. Uh, anyway, uh, let's uh, get going here. Hey, happy birthday, Grimace. He has a purple milkshake or something. That's that's interesting. That was in my little news packet. Talk about the Grimace. Okay, I just did. I talked about... I talked about the Grimace. I also... Uh, <laughs> I also want to talk about one thing real quick. Let's see here. So did you hear about Max? Max, it's the ones to watch. Max, it's the ones to watch. I, It's very, uh, 
Yeah. I, mm, mm, mm. I tried to get into HBO Max. Now, the good news with HBO Max, I'm sorry, the Max, the ones to watch. I don't know what to, would I go to max.com? Yeah, I have to go to max.com. I have to change my whole, uh, I have to go to off.max.com. I have to change my logo. It's play.max.com now if you want to do Max, the ones to watch. Everyone knows it's Max, the ones to watch. Now, I, I don't have Discovery, I never had Discovery Plus, but, but I have had Max. And I will tell you, uh, it's, it's a downgrade. A real, a real shit show downgrade. I don't, I, I, I'm looking at what they're showing, and it's like, what am I eating with Zoe Deschanel and Otter Dynasty and Sex in the City, the movie? I, I, Mark Rober's Revengeneers. You know, the YouTuber, Mark Rober, he has his own channel now, I guess. I just, uh, it just, hey, you can watch Avatar The Way of Water. I thought it was on Disney Plus, but apparently it's on Max, the ones to watch. See the movie that James Cameron wants you to watch through a phone. Anyway, uh, breaking news today. The IATSE launches GameWorkers.org, the first ever video game industry study. Uh, so now there's more gaming unions on the way. I think that's pretty exciting. I wanted to... I mean, that's good to see the game workers. I still think so, because the way there's crunch going on... And the way the industry is, that it's way more money than movies and television shows. And prices are going up, yet the cost of living for these people are still kind of the same as it was in the 2000s. Something, something's up. It needs to be fixed. So, so I'm a little bit uh, saddened by recent news. But hopefully, things get better. And also, hopefully... Uh, we get a deal with the writer strike. Of course, uh, now the SAG-AFTRA has approved for the rights to strike if things continue the way it goes, um, which might be a massive downgrade again. If the SAG-AFTRA starts joining into a strike, it's not just like the writer strike where really bad uh, shows end up getting picked up and I end up joining a bad social media website. But it starts being really bad in terms of television because now you're going to get the reality shows, except for um, the people who are in SAG-AFTRA hosting. So uh, <clears throat> I wanted to start today's episode. Well, I mean, I were talking about Blue Sky as the big announcement. Uh, what happens if SAG-AFTRA joins and does a strike and we get a writer's strike with the SAG-AFTRA? Well... First of all, that's going to mostly shut down Hollywood. However, in a big question mark, what you might see, because this is Hollywood and they're full of assholes, they're going to start picking up people who are on social media. 
and don't have representation yet in SAG-AFTRA. They don't have the credits, but maybe they have an agent out here at CAA or something, and they're going to be hosting reality shows. A lot of the judges who you normally be seeing, because they're also in SAG-AFTRA, will also not participate. This means it's going to be something like, um, unless Mr. Beast is not in SAG-AFTRA, Mr. Beast Challenge Shows coming up to ABC. Well, you're going to be seeing um, probably like, uh, I was going to say Charlie D'Amelo, but I think she is in SAG-AFTRA now because of her reality show. You're going to end up seeing a lot of no-name people end up in TV. And you're going to see a lot of people who normally do shows uh, end up in hiatus. So the view would be uh, frozen up. But all of the new shows will continue to uh, be on the air. You'll see extensions of local news. And you'll end up seeing a bunch of really bad reality shows. And challenge videos. And uh, Zoom in call shows. And ways to really cheapen up everybody. So now you're the commodity. Hey, submit your videos here. And we're doing a challenge contest show. Can everybody do this? That's going to be the kind of bullshit you're going to see until, of course, the producer's guild gets involved or the another writer's guild or something else joins in the mix. Um, I, I really don't want to see another strike because I really just want the writer's guild to get everything they want. And we just get back to work. But if SAG after does jump in on this, this is going to be devastating for movies and what you're going to also be seeing is a lot of Frozen until the deal is made on the big Hollywood blockbusters. And then you're going to be seeing some assholes like, well, why can't we get like uh, uh, just the AI robots to fill in for this? And then you'll see like maybe Zachary Revi be a, be a fucking scab. Because he seems like the kind of guy who'd be a scab. Have you seen the things he likes? Wouldn't surprise me if he's a fucking scab. You know, the, this whole, like, Chris Pratt thing and, like, the mega church and, and, like, Schwarzenegger and shit? Yeah, he has a mega church. However, I don't think Chris Pratt follows gays against grooming on Twitter and follows the Libertarian Party either. I, I think you kind of directed all your hatred on the wrong uh, shit player from an NBC sitcom from the 2010s. Nope, it wasn't Chuck. It's Chuck, not uh, the Parks and Rec guy. So, uh, don't see Shazam, by the way. I saw a clip of Shazam 2. Because of, of Max, the ones to watch. Oof. Just oof. Not the, I, I actually stopped watching. Honestly, if I was in theaters, I would be pissed and walk away. It's not even like memeable it's kind of like oh i could see why people ran away um but that being said everyone's talking spider-man uh recently the spider-man uh across the spider-verse the sequel uh came out and it is getting acclaim and rightfully so i think spider-man this is here the truthfully this is the best spider-man movie i think it's the best spider-man movie because it's an animated spider-man movie I know everyone wants a live-action Spider-Man, and they really love that Tom Holland because he's such a cutie-poo-tootie-poo-poo-poo. Poo, poo. But no, Spider-Man is great when it's stuck in the comic book lore that it's created. 
And Spider-Man Spider-Verses, regardless if you like Peter Parker or Miles Morales, it has this fantastic world building with its animation style. It has that classic comic book look, a classic like 3D model-y kind of look. It has some great paint job look. It Everything looks cool and different in every variant. And I think that's the big appeal of this movie. Plus, it's very funny. It's very action-packed. It's kind of what you want in a Spider-Man anything. That, to me, it's, it's what makes it great. Nowadays, there's a sequel, and there's a guy named Sebastian who is, I think, Spider-Man 2099, and everyone's been hunking out on him. It's Wunzler all over again. Let's hunk. It's a hunk who's the villain. Let's let's sexualize the guy. And you know what? I don't blame him. He has a nice ass. But uh, it, I haven't seen it yet. But I have bought it on Voodoo. Apparently, there's a sale where you can get the movie when it comes out. There's a Spider-Man sale. I don't think they thought this through enough. Apparently, you can buy a Titans Season 4 Part 1 now on Voodoo, not the full set. That's kind of depressing as well. Uh, but, eh, not my, not my care at the moment. I'm just seeing, like, uh, how long until the Super Mario Brothers movie is, like, $15 and then buy it. Uh, so, anyway, as, as the movie industry is getting weird, uh, Spider-Man, by the way, Thumbs up. I, I bet it's going to be a great movie from what I'm hearing. Really good. Uh, there is currently the, the summer blockbusters going out. Barbie is still coming out soon. Uh, there's a there's a new Fast and Furious movie out now. There's like 18 Disney movies. There's Elemental and Indiana Jones and The Little Mermaid. And I think the problem with Disney is they just oversaturated their, their uh, summer plans with these movies. Instead of spreading them out by a month, by a month, by a month. Uh, or they just shot their shit and just wanted to make like 30 movies and then think they're all Disney Plus originals. Uh, like the Pinocchio thing that came out last year. It's it's their choice, but I, I just don't know if they're going to get their money back on certain things. Anyway, uh, I'm going to be checking out Disney Plus a bit more. I... I the last thing I saw was American Gladiator's documentary, and I really haven't checked out anything else on American, like, not American Gladiator's, uh, on Disney Plus since. Um, I've been just trying to look at the Disney Park documentaries and just having fun with that. Uh, but what I have been uh, enjoying recently is uh, these internet, you know, drop out Game Changer cookies. Uh, I did a little taste test on them, and... Uh, Brady's Bakery, which is uh, famed for being in the in the Bachelor episode of Game Changer, came out with this like mystery cookie that's like chocolate, and then inside is a mystery filling. Uh, I had an Oreo, I had Oreo with uh, sea salt, I had apple pie times two, and a Reese's cup, and I have one left, and I don't know what's in it, and I'm kind of sad because by the time if I eat that one. It's over, and they're all sold out. But it was such a great treat. Uh, but what I wanted to say was it was Pride. It's Pride Month, and I, I like a lot of Pride businesses. Um, I, I am bisexual, and 
it's hard to really like explain that that much. I don't think my I'm like my mom knows, but then doesn't know. It's kind of like a weird memory thing. Um, but when I uh like is that I it's just I get to kind of just be myself. And at Pride Month, it's usually such a happier spot. Now I don't really care much for Pride itself. Because, uh, not to be like a slut-shaming or like any of that, I never really like pride festivals because when I see people in pride things, they are fit and they have like nice hands and muscles and, and I don't have that. So I get really uncomfortable with my own body around this time. And even though you're supposed to celebrate who you are, I don't want to be a drag queen. I don't really care much for drag queens. They're a form of entertainment, much like a vaudevillian show. So I know the art form of drag. It's it's go drags. It's fine. But me, it's just not my interest. It's like people not liking pro wrestling to me. It's just the same. It's the same kind of category. Some people like pro wrestling. Some people like drags. Some people don't like either. Some people like both. But uh, it, it's just not my, my t- cup of tea. So really, there is nothing for me at Pride because I'm single. I'm very insecure of my body. So all that I have to sit through is all the Pride capitalism shit. And we are still stuck in the, oh, but the Target, they have the bathing suits with the trans people. And you just want to just say, shut the fuck up. You're not buying it. Why do you give a shit? This is like getting pissed off about tampons in the supermarket. Like, shut the fuck up. It's not for you. What would you rather have in that space instead? Probably a gun. Probably a Trump hat. I don't know. But it's really dumb shit. And there's no real pride celebration because I'm reading reports of Target saying you can't buy certain things. Meanwhile, you can go to Walmart and buy pretty much anything. Corporate pride is still very bullshitty, and I still hate it so very much. I don't like corporate pride. Because at any point, like you've seen this month, people can backtrack and go, oops, sorry, it's not a gotcha. And that's just so annoying and very sad. But uh, the good, I'm hearing an airplane fly overhead, and it's 1 a.m., why is there an airplane flying over my fucking head at 1 a.m.? I'm I, People are asleep, asshole. All right. <clears throat> anyway, uh, it, it, corporate pride's so weird to me. Uh, that being said, it, like uh, Cracker Barrel, who I always thought was anti-LGBT, has uh, now been celebrating Pride Month by having rainbow... Uh, rocking chairs out front and celebrating LGBT people to come inside and eat their chicken and biscuits and fried chicken. And it's like, I think that's a good, like, retroactive thing. They're trying to get more people back in. Maybe they had low numbers and this is a way to get people back in. But I think Cracker Barrel is trying to be in good graces right now. And I think doing it at this point in Pride, like right in the middle, because we're on like day 10, is kind of a cool thing because it's not so early that you do the rainbow flags all over the place and everyone's like, uh, 
we're still in the middle of people getting upset about Bud Light for some reason. And then uh, to do it in the middle, yes, you, you only have to suffer through like two weeks of the, ugh, it's woke, oh god, bleh. But at the same time, it's also kind of funny because it's a fucking restaurant. It's it's just a chain restaurant famous for its Coca-Cola chocolate cake. And uh, might I say, really delicious food. Uh, if, if, if you go at the right time, really good steak. Really good mashed potatoes. Um, but it is... It's the kind of pride where it's like, I don't want to defend uh, Cracker Barrel, but it's very funny to see people outraged by Cracker Barrel. <laughs> That's kind of what I was getting at. Um, and obviously, by the time it's over, they'll paint that rainbow off and then everything's back to normal. We love our veterans. Happy Fourth of July. Um, but in its current state, it's very good. I just hope it, it they retro like they fix this shit. I know Chick-fil-A is trying to fix this image too, but I think they're gonna have a much harder time because they still have that CEO who makes these anti-gay legislations. And I should also point this out here. What's with all the like gay people who are supporting anti-gay bills? I, I don't get it. I see that on Twitter and I think you're a robot. And then I realize, oh, they're just stupid. They they paid for a fucking check mark. They actually paid for Twitter Blue so they can have this dumb opinion. Oh, oh, okay. They're just stupid. No one is. No one smart pays eight bucks a month for Twitter Blue. You're either verified because you're famous and Elon Musk is paying on your behalf, or you just don't use Twitter. That's the smart moves. Uh, that being said, though. Uh, Twitter sucks. These are dumb. But, hey, you want a nice distraction from all this pride? Gamers, what's up? Welcome to Summer Games Fest. Uh, Jeff Keighley has the new E3 for you this week. Now, I wanted to probably do it this weekend and talk about all the gaming stuff, but the Volver had their showcase, Volvi, the mascot. It was a great little sketch. I like the Volver showcases because it's a mix of sketch comedy and their new releases. So, hey, Human Fall Flat 2 got announced. A Baby Steps looks like a lot of fun, so, so I'm excited about those two games. But going into the main event, the Summer Games Fest, where I didn't see it live. People were watching it live like it's E3, doing their reaction faces. Oh, I... I don't. I didn't fucking do that. I just watched the fucking trailers. I I get the appeal, the two hour reaction things, but it just doesn't do shit for me anymore. So I saw the Sonic video game. Hey, looks pretty fun. Reminds me of Sonic Heroes, a two D Sonic Heroes. But I would rather be playing Sonic Advance. Again, Sonic Advance is still the best Sonic game series. It also reminds me a bit of Sonic Advance. Uh, next, uh, is the, uh, Mortal Kombat 1. Hey, looks beautiful. Kind of weird. It's still at the same time when Street Fighter 6 just came out. And the more I saw the Mortal Kombat 1, the more I was just like, yeah, but Street Fighter 6 just came out. I mean, I could wait for Mortal Kombat 1, but Street Fighter 6 just came out and that's already like a, a claim. You're going to, we're going to have two fighting games compete this year. Is this going to be real? 
because currently the eyes are on are on Street Fighter Six, and you would have to make sure Street Fighter Six loses its audience in a few months before the launch of Mortal Kombat One before it gets traction enough to have two things. And also, what's going to make it stand out? Oh, assists. Okay, that's interesting. But every other video game's already done that. But that's okay. It just something just never really feels right with that. The twisted metal clip. Holy shit, I like Twisted Metal. I thought the game, that TV show was going to do very well because all you need to do is just do like one season is one battle of Twisted Metal and you get to know the side stories of characters, you treat it like a reality show and it's funny. We got to hear the fucking thong song and it wasn't even funny. It was embarrassing. I get it, like, maybe because Sweet Tooth is supposed to be chaotic, and, oh, he's like the Joker. You don't know what he's going to say. He's doing the thong song, wacky. But it it just was, like, I think I, that's probably going to be the one where I have to go and see everyone's faces to that, because why? They're doing a next installment of Final Fantasy VII, and that's great. Uh, I bet people were excited when they saw the trailers and gameplay for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Because, again, an iconic video game remastered. People love those kind of things. Uh, but it, I just, I don't know. I As an event, it sucks ass. But watching the trailers, like these three to four or seven minute clips on YouTube, is a much better way to spend my time. And I wanted to, like, go into it this way. I don't think we need an E3. I don't think we need a Summer Games Fest. I don't even think we need a fucking Nintendo Direct. I don't think we need the State of Play or Xbox Showcase. I don't think we need any of that. I think we just need to do what the fucking movie industry has been doing for, like, 20 fucking, 30 fucking, 40 fucking years. And just have these trailers... And go see the fucking game and go, go, hey, coming soon, check out this game. And they just have to pinpoint the time to release the trailer so you can build the hype on social media. By having it be the showcase of like seven, eight games, you're still having seven or eight games compete for the attention of the chat. So, hey, Remember the Sonic game? No, because you were too fucking confused by Twisted Metal to remember that. Hey, remember when we saw, like, the the next, it, like, we saw teasers of, like, upcoming games? Hey, Mortal Kombat, remember that? No, Final Fantasy, isn't that great? Hey. No? Okay. So, in many ways, like, it's... It's mostly there for the content creation. I think Summer Games Fest is there just to get eyeballs on it. So you can, it's an ad read, absolutely. So they're making an event, they're making money off the event prices and hey, Warner Brothers, hey this. Let's get your stuff on this stage and you'll, and people will watch it. I get it. But I don't, the only purpose of that two hour video is to get people who are on Twitch to record themselves going, Oh man, oh fuck dude, yeah shit, oh fuck man, I remember that game. And just like, I don't care for that. I 
I, I'm going to keep saying this. I don't give a fuck about you remembering that game. I have seen tons of game reviewers, content creators do this shit. I don't watch the videos. I don't watch when Giant Bomb did that with E3. I didn't watch Jeff Gersman do it this year. I don't watch any Twitch streamer doing their, oh shit, dude, yeah, fuck, oh god, yeah, Sonic, oh shit, fuck, Metal Gear, fuck yeah, Hideo Kojima, fuck yeah, shit, fuck yeah, oh boy, oh fuck yeah, I'm a longtime fan of this game franchise, yeah. I, no. I'm underwhelmed. I don't care. I just... It, it's not even a community that you're watching with the person. It, you're, you're, it's like a third-person consumption of a consumption. It's just... It's not my cup of tea. Obviously, if you like that, you do you. But I... Maybe I'm just getting old. But I, for one, prefer a trailer shows up somewhere on the internet. Go to this website. Watch it. And that's it. Hey, coming this fall, uh, Bioshock Remastered. Hey, oh my god, Bioshock's coming back. Fuck yeah. No. It's much better that way, too, because by having a trailer, then you can do your fucking content creation hype overload of, hey, guys, the new trailer just dropped about Bioshock. Here's some things you might have missed in the trailer. It's just that kind of horseshit. I don't like that's content creation these days. And I get it. You want to drum up the hype. It's all previews. It's all speculative. It's all you are the promotion. You are the PR team. You're going to hype up the game for us. But it's just gross. Like, you watching the event, you're going to be bored to death over like two segments. Maybe there's an exploration game and they're showing it off for 10 minutes and you're just like dozing off talking to the chat, not paying attention. Wouldn't it be just better if you just played a video game instead or look at the trailers at your own leisurely time? For me, I like video games, but I've never once in the last like 12 cycles of E3 seen a game and it made me go, oh shit, I gotta pre-order that right now. I don't pre-order fucking games that often. I, I would pre-order the AEW game. Because I've been waiting a few years, I want to see how good that is. I want to. I was gonna pre-order Street Fighter Six, but I'm just maybe just gonna wait a bit because I know how I am with fighting games. By the time I get it, I'm gonna get my ass kicked online, and it's not gonna be like, oh, I need to learn to get better. It's everyone has gotten so good at it, you just suck, and that's just not fun. Uh, so. When it comes time to video games, I'm very picky. Hi-Fi Rush was a surprise hit for me. But I wasn't like, hype, 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 oh my god. I saw it through a trailer on Xbox's YouTube channel. I, it wasn't the Xbox showcase. That's what got me excited. I like games that I can find and go, oh yeah, that. Otherwise, we're just going to be stuck doing like the same old dance number over and over again. And I think times are changing in the gaming industry in general when it comes to getting your game out there. 
I think every AAA game can easily just do a state of play or an Xbox showcase, especially if it's a first party title. The ones that are suffering the most are indie titles. I think indie games are the ones that are most uh, suffering in this world because the only way they can get attention is if one of the developers knows a streamer and gives them a code and tells them, can you stream this for me? I'll give you like $300 and then they stream it or something. Or if they're an indie developer, they're going to do weird, like uh, they have to do another event or they have to do their own streaming service. And you don't really know if that's going to get the attraction. Arcade Paradise, I don't think anyone's really gotten like the, the build for that. I don't think people got the build for Slayer's X. This like, and that game just came out. It's mostly just content creators have to play the game to drum up hype so you can buy the game. That used to be kind of cool in the world of Giant Bomb because they used to play the games and kind of review them. But that those days are over now too. Giant Bomb isn't the way it was. That nowadays it's sort of just everybody is scattered and you got to find the game on your own. There isn't one indie thing. And one thing I was kind of like wondering, it's not going to be me, but it's an idea, is why isn't there like um, a weekly indie showcase kind of show? Because every week there is indie developers with ideas for horror games, for dating sims, for platformers that are new to the gaming industry. That that could make for an interesting weekly series on Twitch. If you are a big prominent Twitch streamer, this will be your opportunity to be a big host. Where every week you get a developer to talk about a game that just came out that they created. And you play off the game, you talk about the game... And you showcase the game for an hour. And you just, that's the show. It, you don't have to reinvent the wheel here, but you something needs to have that kind of Jeff Keighley pomp and circumstance, but as a weekly television show on the internet. And I don't think that's going to be the case to give these indie people that opportunity. You're going to be seeing like a... a Warner Brothers games for Mortal Kombat. It's Mortal Monday, everybody. Are we gonna exclusive? Uh, Goro is back. Some shit like that. But I, I kind of am rooting for the indie developers now because a lot of these are really creative ideas or remixed ideas or innovative ideas, but you don't really hear about them until like something happens or it's, if it's a couch co-op you only don't see until like game grump shows up or rooster teeth and they're screaming about the game then it's kind of just disappointing to me i want more racing games fighting games all these fun multiplayer games to be showcased these innovative single player games i liked seeing later alligator because it's such a stupid little game but so funny at the same time but we're not getting that. And there's an indie showcase. Day of the Dev was technically an indie showcase, but do you remember anything about Day of the Dev? Do, do I remember anything about Day of the Dev? That, to me, that is what makes this very disappointing in terms of uh, Summer Games Fest. I don't think we need an E3. I don't think we need a Summer Games Fest. And I think just the, uh, hey... 
award show. Now here's a trailer for an upcoming game. Also is not necessary. I get it. I understand why both these things happen, but I, I just would rather see the trailer. If that makes sense. Am I making sense? Maybe. Maybe not. But I want that word of mouth. I want more cool... I want the return of the cool dude who works at, like, the Blockbuster video or probably Mom and Pop video shop going, Hey, you haven't heard of this this indie movie. This is really cool. Fucked up. We don't get that anymore. Now that bastard is on YouTube and it's mostly just, Hey, guys, uh, we're just going to have to play Pokemon for the 50th time this this week because... That's the only videos that get views, and I need to make money because this is the only way I could make a living as a content creator. We are going to be looking for Snorlax today. It's this—it's that same kind of shit. And I it's just... Uh, I'm so disappointed, so frustrated. Because there's so many great games out there, I and I don't have the appeal. I don't have the pull. My viewership is like maybe a dozen, a dozen, not 12,000, not 120,000, something where it could get the reach and needs the reach, but that's not happening. And that to me is what makes this so fucked up and why sometimes I get defeated on a creative standpoint. Uh, I've said time and time again, I'm like, I've had dreams and every so often I get these sad feels. And sometimes I think, is it sleep related? Is it anxiety related? Is it just dealt a bad card and just have to let it go? But like, I thought, hey, you know, be a writer. Hey, you know, create game shows. Be one of those like, hey, I'm creative. I'm funny. I know what I'm usually talking about. But that doesn't fucking care anymore. My voice does not fucking matter because in this voice is still 1,000 people with a podcast similar to this. And they all have different opinions. Or some of them have been in the industry for 20 years or some are just first-time gamers discovering a video game for the first time. It's just... Argh, you just want to just sh shut everything down and cry. Because why have a dream anymore? The dream now is exactly what these kids have said these days. I want to be a content creator. That's my dream job. So everyone wants to be Mr. Beast. They all want to do TikTok dances and skits. I, I don't, I mean, I can't get into the TikToks. I, wa I wanted to just write jokes. I wanted to make the obvious low-hanging fruit that the Grimace milkshake is Grimace's cum. But we don't have that kind of time or comedic delivery anymore. I, I would have loved to have made the joke about uh, the YouTube algorithm keeps giving me videos uh, from foreign countries and I don't know their language. But I can't tell them, like, I don't know what you're saying. I just live through it and just skip ahead. That I don't. There's nothing else I can do. Um, so I'm. I just get very, very confused. 
Uh, oh yeah, next. Uh, Jackbox has a new game. Got announced at Summer Games. Uh, done quick. Uh, that's great. Raise money for charity. Fantastic. It's a new game that you all have a group chat, group text thing, and it's like Word Spud. It's, it just looks like Word Spud. It, it, so far, that game looks like a dud to me. Like, this is a game I'm supposed to get excited about. And I'm getting fed up with a lot of Jackbox ideas being either improv-like games or just we're making a sequel, but nothing really different. I, I love Jackbox games, but the innovation needs to be there. I want more trivia fun. I want more uh, guessing games. I, Blather Round was great because that was like an interesting concept of a game. Push the button was interesting. I want more of you know, those little innovative-y kind of games. Or we could always do Quiplash or Fibbage, but they already exist. Nothing new to the table there. Um, so, so, so I don't know what the hell to do these days. That's been my kind of thought process. So I am recording game shows, I suppose, and still doing this podcast periodically, but... Like, it's mostly just going to be me writing a blog, and I know that's not going to be worth any money. And I know that's not going to be worth any talent or creativity or accolades or, hey, check out Jordan. He has some good thoughts. None of that happens. None of that really could happen anymore because I'm well into my 30s. People who are in their 20s are now the ones getting that acclaim. I'm fucking old for this shit. I should be uh, doing uh, what every other person in their 30s does and start a travel guide. Hey, guys, if you're ever exploring theme parks, check out this place. Hey, what's up, Disney tubers? It's your buddy Jordan, and I am here on the Jungle Cruise, and that's the backside of water. (laughs) There's nothing for me anymore. And that's the sad part about all this. So I'm excited and happy and frustrated and sad all at the same time. I'm looking forward to so many good games, but that's because I had to find it my own. It wasn't Jeff Keighley's three-hour-long Taco Bell ad. There is nothing really exciting for me to play Street Fighter VI right now because I know I suck at the game. I don't have to buy it right away. And there's a writer strike going on, so I know we're going to get really bad ge- like game shows and reality shows coming up, and that's only going to make things worse. Which leads me to uh, the last part of the show. So, I Survived Bear Girls was the worst fucking reality show I have seen in quite a while, because it's just that uh-oh, stinky poo-poo kind of reality show. It's slapstick comedy with a cartoonish Bear Grylls. But then I saw Stars on Mars on Fox, and now I am just... I'm trying to basically say in the nicest way possible, I think I know better than these assholes. I think that show sucks ass. I think the more I look at that show in the promos, I think, wow... They have had, there's 40 different game shows with celebrities on the table right now from other countries. They could probably pick up the rights for it and say, well, it's a hit in this country. Let's give it a shot. 
And they didn't fucking do that. They could have done I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, Fox Edition. They could have tried, uh, uh, what was it, Celebrities in the Dark. They could have tried uh, Celebrity Hotel, Celebrity Hell's Kitchen. Hey, Hell's Kitchen plus Celebrities. It's just like the UK format. They could have tried to do a... Uh, so they could have had a uh, celebability that UK celebrity game show. Hey, it fills in two boxes. You're there. Uh, you could have had if you want to do celebrity guessing games because they seem like celebrity guessing games. Uh, you do uh, through the keyhole and look at celebrity homes and have it be a fun game show. You do celebrity juice. You try to do a Fox panel show. Instead, we get a quote unquote campy. Space show. Now, is this celebrities learning to be astronauts? No. Is this celebrities uh, learning about real NASA missions? Also, no. But they're in a fucking desert somewhere that looks like Mars. And they are in a space colony kind of thing that looks like the space things that they do for testing. But it's all slapsticky funny. You have to ration the water and and water the plants and also go to the bathroom in weird ways. And the sanitut is such a shit show. I get why. Hey, so like the 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 rockets going to space. People were excited about that. What if that's a show? Also, people are talking about living on Mars because of Elon Musk. What if we try that exploration thing? Here, can people live on Mars? Let's find out with this simulation. Let's get William Shatner to record video and looks like it's one take and he's just reading off the prompter. It doesn't give a shit. Like, he probably filmed all of his lines in a day and that's it. It is... Probably one of the worst reality shows I have seen from Fox in quite a while. If this is a reality show where people or celebrities are voted off, who wins? What do they win? Do they win like quarter million dollars for charity? Do they? Is it just like a trophy? Like they don't specify the competition rules. They don't specify the importance of why these missions are needed. What happens if they fail? Do they all lose? Or is it a double elimination? No fucking rules. No fucking clue. Is the is it supposed to be if they fail, it's funny, so who cares? They they try to do the stakes of the it's a comedic slapsticky fake space show, it's all comedy, and then at random points we have to have conflict and have people yell at each other, and it just doesn't fit or match or do anything good in reality television. It is to me one of the worst shows they have done because it's not funny, it's not a reality show. And I'm left confused as to why this even got picked up other than, oh, yeah, there was a writer's strike. To me, that is more why I am so annoyed with television offerings right now. And game offerings, I, I, I don't, I'm not in this negative. I assure you guys, there's a lot of great game shows out there right now. There's a lot of good reality shows even. Survivor just wrapped up. Yam Yam is delightful, but 
we don't get that. We get stars on Mars. Hey, you know what's really fun was um, that if you can, there was this uh, claim to fame. Claim to fame's an interesting idea. Really shit challenges, but really clever idea with guessing celebrities by who they're related to. We don't get that. We get this. At one point, Fox had American Idol. And that was a summer sensation. Everyone fucking watches American Idol. And Fox was like the really cool channel. Like, hey, yeah, there's The Simpsons and there's all these cool cartoon shows. And then here's like The O.C. and House. And then like, uh, or Boston Legal. Or was it? No, Boston Public. Or it's... um. These these really cool dramas, like 24. And you're like, yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. And then the reality show would be like a Joe Millionaire, or it would be something like, um, what was it? The My Big Fat Obnoxious Boss, which, yeah, is stupid, but hey, it was a good parody kind of show. This is Stars on Mars. We're, we're going through the Ramsey music guessing and select, like, they're... It's that or Crime Scene Kitchen. And Crime Scene Kitchen at least has a clever mechanic of guessing the food before you bake it. Instead of just telling people what it is. So, hey, there's some level of clever wit to it. What happened to Lego Masters? What happened to Domino Masters? Wasn't there like a balloon creative show? We're going to go into these worlds of like, hey, these competition shows. What, whatever happened to that? I think we are just sucking up all the creative energy, and it's just, it's just tiresome, just horrific. Do you think it's weird that if you go to Fox.com, they have the first heading is celebrating Pride Month? And then right below, if you just do some quick digging, you get the Fox News and they don't like pride anything because that's woke. So what the fuck is going on? I don't know. I'm getting yawny. Uh, but that's it. Tell them, like, I, I don't want to say, wow, all this is shit and terrible and blah, blah, blah. It's I'm not trying to be that negative. What I'm just trying to say is I have stopped playing the Zelda game because it just seems to be mostly building mechanics. And to me, while that is fun for everybody, I just don't want to waste six hours to make a fucking sailboat. I would rather just, you know, go into a dungeon and slap the X button and slash some monsters and that's it. So it's okay. It's fun. But I don't know. Maybe I'm in negative space. But... Currently, I'm having more fun doing a crossword puzzle for the New York Times and listening to podcasts. Uh, before I close up, besides Guys, a podcast about Guys with Brian Quimby, uh, I finished listening to uh, Behind the Bastards. And they did a six-part uh, retrospective on Vince McMahon. And I will say, currently, that is a must-listen-to podcast because it is currently dissecting one of the biggest monsters of current times and actually explaining, like, the kind of narcissism that comes with Vince McMahon. 
in a way that I kind of like because there's a lot of sense of humor involved, a lot of historical architect, and a lot of research that goes into this. In a way that is not just, hey, the storyline happened, but also, hey, uh, this person got fired. Also, the steroid scandal. Also, this sh like it goes deep, like like almost like dark side of the ring levels of darkness in a way that I found very fascinating and maybe something you should really check out. Uh, additionally, a uh, shout out to, I guess I got, got to corporate pride here. Uh, corporate pride shout outs to pair of thieves uh, for comfortable underwear that you can get and listeners can get, uh, no, no, there's no promo code on this one. Uh, turns out for pride month, they got jocks. Now I don't wear jocks that often, but let me tell you, I got one. It was very comfy. Of course, I'm still very insecure about my body, but I was very comfy about it. Anyway, uh, in conclusion, uh, what I recommend is watching old is watching The Price Is Right on Paramount Plus, because at least that makes me very happy to see people win stuff. And for some bizarre reason, they're still airing new episodes. It's not in repeats yet. Go figure. Uh, but people are still pissed off about. Uh, it going to Glendale in that weird free model hub. I don't know. Game shows are weird, but that's for another podcast. This is for me going to sleep. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see you on blue sky, which is a really good app. And I hopefully we will do this again some other time. This is Jordan Haas signing off. How to with John Wilson is also coming to an end as well. <laughs>